0: What a mixed week for Syracuse Nation. I mean, it was all over the place. You ride the high from the Miami win, then you go to UNC. You thought you had a chance to pull out the win against the Tar Heels in the Dome in front of the biggest on-campus crowd of the season. And just short is where the orange fell. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Rocky, and Tim Leonard with you until 10 o'clock this morning. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at OrangeFizz. Also check out all of our content online, orangefizz.net. We're also on SoundCloud and iTunes for all the latest Fizz Radio episodes, podcasts, and all that sort of special stuff. So be sure to check us out on all those social platforms. Now, Tim. We've got a stacked show today, and this is going to be a fun one. We've got recruiting to talk about. Joe Girard is going to bring forth a lot of fun discussion between us two. We'll preview Duke. That's coming up later today uh, for Syracuse. And I wrote about this earlier in the week. I think Duke's a more winnable game, but we'll talk about that later. I kind of tend
1: to agree with you, and I I think we're not in the popular belief there, but we'll definitely talk about that. I I, I tend to agree with you just because they're a little more inexperienced, but... We'll get into that for sure.
0: All right, 78 to 78-74. That's the loss to UNC. That came this past Wednesday. Tough one to swallow. I mean, this was an, a North Carolina team where you look at that final box score, especially more like the halftime box score. And sure, sure, Syracuse was down nine. They get the big O'Shea set three right at the end. But Syracuse had no business being in this game. I mean, You look at everything, it it just screamed North Carolina. They were shooting the lights out from three for most of the game. They were leading the rebounding battle. Syracuse wasn't turning the ball over, and the game was a a nine-point game. I mean, that just kind of shows how good UNC is, and I really came into this game thinking, okay, UNC, this is kind of a phony UNC team, not your typical big team. And I talked to O'Shea Brissett after the game for this one, and I uh, I basically asked him, okay, how do you think think you have personally stacked up physical physically against the cream of the crop in the ACC, a team that is perennially the biggest, right. the strongest, the toughest? And he said, Coach said they're not the your typical UNC team, no. and they're they're not. No, but at the same time,
1: they this, still. This looks manhandled. like a Final Four team. Yeah, they still manhandled SU on the boards. I think it was fifteen offensive rebounds. So. I came in thinking, oh, maybe Syracuse has a chance because we know they've struggled against UNC. Just one win since joining the conference, and you're at home, so much on the line. You're going to come out hungry for this one. But like you said, right at halftime, right from the get-go, it just seemed like UNC's game. They're the hottest team in the country probably right now. This makes six straight wins, and Syracuse really played pretty well in the second half. But whenever they made a punch, whenever they chipped away at that deficit, UNC just had a three. They had that timely bucket to keep keep them without, out of reach, basically. And for Syracuse, I just don't know what to make of this team now. Because last year, it was all about you couldn't win the road game. This year, they have the Louisville win. They have the Miami win, which were really the two games where I thought, oh, there's no chance. I've given right. up. They're out of it. Their, their bubble dreams, their tournament dreams are gone, they're out of it. But then they get those Miami and Louisville wins when I was least expecting it. And on the flip side, I'm kind of thinking, okay, I could talk myself into a UNC win at home. I could talk myself into an NC State win at home. But you drop those two games in front of a hostile environment. Even the Virginia game, I thought maybe there was a chance. So it's kind of the opposite of last year because they're winning on the road and they're just barely losing at home.
0: It's so weird, too, because when you look at the rosters of the past in terms of when you're going up against North Carolina, North Carolina year to year is going to have the five-star guys, the top-level guys, that super experienced point guard, your Marcus Page, your Joel Berry, all that, Kendall Marshall, all that stuff. But when you look at it, it seems like roster to roster, if I had to pick one over these past four or five years— of which team is going to get absolutely obliterated by UNC? It would have been this roster. Yeah, and to to see that this team hung close and was tied with like a minute and a half left, kind of disheartening.
1: Yeah, it's weird because usually North Carolina has the point guard, but they usually have those front court pieces like a Tyler Zeller, a John Henson, a Bryce Johnson that just grab a ton of rebounds. Now Luke May is a front court piece, but he's only six eight. He is getting a good amount of rebounds, but not in the way that he just bullies people down low like you're used to seeing from a UNC player. But Sterling Manley, who was really their only contribution off the bench last night, did a little bit of that. And he's the type of player that might blossom into that role, but he's still a couple years away. Overall, it just seems like this Syracuse team, they really couldn't have done much more offensively when you get Brissett scoring 17, you get Howard scoring 23, and Battle scoring 26. I mean, what— what more can you ask for from the big yeah. three right there? Oh, yeah. So when you look at that, that's why it's disheartening to me because those three guys played their heart out. Obviously, a couple plays down the stretch did not go how it was planned or they didn't execute quite down the stretch. But to come all the way back, to get the crowd all involved, all hyped up, and to get so close only to lose just right down to the wire, that's what really stings because you couldn't have gotten a better performance from the big three. That's the best
0: combined effort I've seen out of those three all year long. Twenty six, twenty three, seventeen. O'Shea also has a double double with ten. Frank Howard only two turnovers too. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get
1: O'Shea's doing is incredible. Yeah, just a double double every night. We're gonna get to this in Fizz feedback.
0: I put out who's the MVP, and uh, looking at the poll so far, I. I disagree with it, so we'll get to that in a little bit. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score, 1260. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard. Tweet us your thoughts, at Orange Fizz, on the UNC loss, 78-74. North Carolina taking that one in Syracuse. Hey, it's, it's the last time that Roy Williams is going to leave Syracuse, and there's not a Chick-fil-A.
1: <laughs> That's true. The Syracuse yeah. has got
0: to be the last ACC school or region right, you're to right. not have one, right? Absolutely. I'm trying to think of what I mean, else. I there's got
1: to be one around Boston College there's now. There's got to be yeah. one, yeah. In you Boston. could figure Pitt's
0: got to have one, too. All the southern yeah. places have them. You're a Carolina guy.
1: Yeah, no. Every, they, everywhere, right? Oh, they're all over the place, and all of them have It's lines. like a Dunkin' Donuts yeah. in... Massachusetts, in, uh, in Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah exactly that's a great comparison yeah big big opening on Thursday I saw the uh, power was down for a little bit was last it really night. yeah <laughs> almost complete disaster but fans that were lining up and camped out got the reward for Syracuse good for them so
0: anyways back to the game so this is where I really thought this team could struggle and it was with Theo Pinson you think about I, I like to draw the comparison to Nigel Hayes from a couple years ago. With, I guess it's only a year ago. Yeah. Now that I think about it. But
1: Felt how like times forever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, Nigel Hayes absolutely tore apart the zone from the high post. If you remember that Big Ten ACC game out in Madison last year, he demolished the orange. And that's kind of what Theo Pinson did too, except Theo Pinson was scoring the ball a lot more than what Nigel Hayes did. But the way that Pinson could just kind of touch pass down low to Luke May or kick out to Barry for a three. I mean, the way that he moved the zone, he owned Jim Beheim in that game. Yeah,
1: that's the best I've ever seen Theo Pinson Career high 23. Right. He came in, I think he was the 10th overall recruit from his class, so a huge five-star guy. And honestly, given that ranking and all that he came in with, he's kind of been sort of a letdown, but he is a great distributor, great passer. We knew we were going to see that. And to add 23 points, like you said, career high. That's really an otherworldly performance from him to hit two for two from three. Frankly, he usually has like one air ball from three every single game, but he was on fire on all aspects of his game the other night. And you mentioned the high post in the comparison to Nigel Hayes. I really thought it was going to be Luke May who was yeah. going to be catching the ball. Well, at the keep high in post. mind,
0: Pinson, I think in the ACC is top ten in assists. Yeah, so he's that touch pass big man he who you know can move for the, the that ball. Role.
1: I yeah. thought they'd be feeding it to Luke May right at the ACC logo, and he'd just be spotting up for jumpers all night with the caliber of shooter he is. But for the most part, UNC held Luke May in check pretty well, just nine points. They limited his rebounds to just, I think, four total rebounds. So you get you know, a Wooden Award finalist, or he's being talked about as a Wooden Award finalist. You get him held in check. Joel Berry was pretty good, but nothing out of this world. He was 6-for-17 from the field. He was so really good in the first half, though. Yeah, he yeah. was really good, and and he really makes that UNC team click. But the difference in this game was Theo Pinson. I wasn't expecting him to come out, especially in the points department like he did, and he really just torched SU all night long. And he also
0: had that one, or not one, it was a lot of times. He was the one that silenced the crowd. Anytime Syracuse went on a run, there was Pinson. He'd come in with a dunk, he'd get an and one. There's one silence in the the second half
1: that's sticking out to me, maybe with five minutes to go or something. And he was just left wide open on the right wing, just a deadly three because. Like I said, that was just the plays that UNC was making all night to keep Syracuse at bay, just a couple plays. And then finally, SU went on that really quick spurt where we saw like three or four plays in a minute go Syracuse's way. And it Mm -hmm. looked like, oh, maybe this is one of those top ten upsets like last year. But, you know, Pascal Chukwu decided to turn the ball over late and didn't set the correct screen. And he played a great game. So I'm not knocking him. And obviously you feel for him. I heard post game he was really down, especially – considering how that last play went he said there was just a miscommunication between him and coach Beheim on what screen to set which is unfortunate but you know you got to make sure you've got that tightened up going into the, such a pivotal play especially this late in the season but overall he was great and he continues Real, to improve so
0: you're going to say Chukwu had a good game yeah a great I, game even
1: i i think he was
0: i thought he was horrific.
1: I thought he was really good down low defensively in terms of block shots late. Offensively, you're never going to get much from him. And granted, yes, he he did make some pivotal mistakes, so it's really hard for me to sit here and say a good game, or especially a great game, when he has the mistakes down the stretch that are... he, He was the scapegoat, basically. He was the scapegoat. And
0: yes, he had the big block at the end that set up the big sequence to tie the game, but to me... I just saw Chukwu, whenever he, he got a rebound, he, and yet he got 11 rebounds last yeah. night, the other night. He'd bring that ball right down, and there's right. Joel Berry to punch it right He's out. He's got to keep it that, up that, high. That, that's what
1: happened on the turn that's turnover. That's what you get
0: with those scrappy, experienced veteran guards, like a Joel Berry. You're going to get it with Grayson Allen today. Uh, against Duke, right? They're gonna—they're nifty. They know that ball's coming right down, and they know to punch right at it. It'll knock it out every single time. Chuku doesn't have the coordination. And there was another big play that stood out to me. I forget exactly when it was, but he gets an offensive rebound right in front of the basket and just doesn't know what to do with it. He yeah. has a dunk, a layup, whatever. Right. He, can, he doesn't have to jump. He can literally lay that ball in, stand two two foot feet on the ground. Yeah. And does not do it, and he passes it out, dribbles a little bit. It it was a mess. No, there's no doubt. And everyone,
1: there was a collective groan across the dome. There's no doubt he's too passive on offense, especially off of offensive rebounds. When he's got all that size, I think Jim Beheim just continuously has said it this year, be aggressive, be more physical. He's harping on him to get like that. And I don't know, he just, sometimes he looks lost down there or he's just looking for someone to pass to. It reminds me of, like, when I play pickup basketball, because I'm just can't I'm such a liability on the offensive end that usually when I catch the ball, they play the four on
0: five with Tim Leonard on the floor.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically it's like Andre Roberson or someone out ben. there because he just doesn't really know how to finish down low, and he's got to get better. He's got to get more comfortable. Just grab the rebound, keep the ball up high, and go right back up because he's seven two. UNC didn't have the size last night outside of Manley, who was playing limited minutes to compete with him. and. He really should be feasting all day long when he gets those offensive boards.
0: The three-on-five act is on offense, is,
1: it's got to go away pretty yeah. quickly.
0: You're getting eight outside points. You should be getting eight points off your bench. Right. And that yeah. that's the bad part. I mean, Matthew Moyer barely plays. Barama Sidibe comes in right away and then doesn't really play after. Who knows what he is health-wise, but...
1: Right, and it, it, you can't imagine he's going to play many minutes today against Duke because it's kind of a short rest. They have to take a flight down. It seems like... The games that he's played well, which I think was the Wake Forest game, they had like a week off, and he was well-rested going into that one. He just doesn't play well when there's two games in one week. Yeah. All
0: right, coming up next, we'll pre- preview the Duke game, Syracuse and Duke. That's going to be a fun one down in Cameron. And I think you and I, we both have some pretty strong opinions on this game and probably unpopular ones too. Yeah. So we'll yeah. get to that in a little bit. I'm You're looking listening to Fizz to Radio on the score 1260. Duke Day down in Cameron, Syracuse, taking on the Blue Devils. That's coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the Score 1260. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. We're sending Jonathan Hoppy down to Cameron. Yeah. That'll be fun big for him. For big trip big for Big country, Jonathan
1: Hoppy, <laughs> Right
0: in his backyard. So that'll be fun for him. So be sure to follow us, at Orange Fizz on Twitter. You can also check us out online, orangefizz.net, for his full game recap. And... Also on SoundCloud and iTunes to get all the latest Fizz Radio and Fizz Podcast content. Be sure to check us out on both of those. You'll get all those updates right on your phone. You get the podcast updates? Oh, yeah, I get them. I get
1: them, along with all the ESPN updates about where Syracuse stands on the bubble, which is changing by the day.
0: 10 teams in. Here's who still has work to do.
1: It's the same update every time. (laughs) It's it's incredible. Who's in, who's out, who has work to do. Yep. (laughs) Anyways,
0: Syracuse taking on Duke. Now, this is a Blue Devils team. It's been a while since we've seen Marvin Bagley. Yeah. Four games without uh, a potential number one overall pick. There's rumblings he might not play until the ACC tournament. Again, this is like the whole bowl situation in college football where you just sit guys out. Right. uh, Which is sad.
1: I hate to see that. Yeah,
0: you really do. But Marvin Bagley... I don't think he's going to play today. No,
1: I don't think he is. Based on what I've seen from Coach K and quotes from him, it sounds like it's not an injury that's too serious, but it's an it's... injury that if he plays, he could injure it even more or injure it worse. So they're just going to be cautious with them. They kind of know where they are right now. And with just three games left in the regular season for them, it's why not just hold them out until ACC play, I guess, which... I guess on one side kind of sinks because you'd want to beat Duke at full force and you want to play them against their best. But on the other hand, Marvin Bagley's kind of a beast on the board, so that bodes well for Syracuse after seeing what UNC did to Syracuse on the boards this past week.
0: Keep in mind, we are recording this on a Thursday. We might look like complete idiots by (laughs) Saturday. But, yeah. No, Bagley, I mean, this is... Here's so Bagley was a was a national player of the year candidate. Yeah, it was basically him, Trey Young, Jalen Brunson, and I'm gonna go off on a mini tangent right here. That award is Trey Young's.
1: Yeah, Anyone it that, belongs to Trey Young because I think over the last, we'll say two
0: years, we've no make it three, we've seen what happens when you put a super talented player on a bad team. Right. Trey Young is out there with four idiots. It's right? awful. It's And that is exactly what Markel Fultz dealt with at Washington, what Dennis Smith dealt with at NC yep. State last year, and what Ben Simmons dealt with at LSU. Guess what? All those teams did not make the tournament.
1: Yeah, he got them to the number 4 team in the entire country, yeah. which is, he should be getting Player of the Year for that in and of itself, because... Like you said, the team around him is nothing sort of great. It's literally the Syracuse team outside of Brissett, Battle, and Howard. That's who he's playing with, basically, on the offensive end, at least. And
0: this is coming from the biggest Jalen Brunson homer in the country. Right, because, uh, Yeah, because, yeah, uh, not to brag Tim Leonard, but I did play <laughs> against Jalen Brunson in high school. Yeah, how'd so. that go, by the way? He's quick. He's yeah. quick. Brings
1: um, you a little bit.
0: Yeah. Anyways, but that's my Trey Young rant for the moment. Um... But no, Marvin Bagley, a potential National Player of the Year candidate, a potential number 1 overall pick come June. I mean, this guy is everything, but ever since he has gone out, it has been the Grayson Allen show down there. And that team is buying back into the old Duke Brotherhood, Tim Leonard. Right. Because Grayson Allen, nobody spells Duke Brotherhood more than him. Oh, he, right?
1: he lives and breeds Duke. And I love Grayson Allen. That is
0: your perennial, we hate this guy, guy. And right. we know that that's been said for years, but he kind of went quiet because Bagley was taking the spotlight. Yeah, he had and to
1: compete for that You know, Wendell Carter's guy role.
0: Wendell Carter's been unbelievable, too, ever yeah. since Bagley's been out. So... The rest of the Duke team looks unbelievable ever since Bagley went out. Well, and now they've got this excuse like, oh, Marvin Bagley, he was hurt. He yeah. played that whole second half
1: dinged yeah, up against I'm UNC. I'm tired of hearing
0: that. I don't want to hear that garbage.
1: Right. But, they lost that game. But anyway. Anyways, I, Co- Coach K is selling his soul. He's
0: playing uh, zone he's defense. He's playing a lot of zone. A lot of zone. He's yep. picking it up from Jimmy B. And he, not only that, but he's getting one-and-dones left and right. Who knows? Maybe we don't see Duke in the tournament this year because of this whole FBI stuff. He's dropping stuff. bags, for you, sure. You're saying
1: he's dropping bags? Yeah. We're going to get I'm, to that in a little bit. I think Capel's also because dropping bags. Joe Girard. Coach. We've got
0: a lot of stuff to talk about yeah, with Joe do. Girard coming up. <laughs> if you don't for know who sure. that is, Glenn Falls. Dude's averaging like 50 points a game Jim in for high net, school. 2.0. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, getting back to the preview, though, for this game. I really do think Syracuse has a better chance on the road against Duke than they did against UNC at home. And here's why. I wrote this piece earlier in the week. It'll resurface on Twitter throughout the week, I'm sure. But there is so much youth on this Duke team. You look at it. Wendell Carter, Trayvon Duval. Duval. How how, how are they saying his name
1: anymore? (laughs) Trayvon Duval. Trayvon Duval. I, think Trayvon is his name Duval. Now. Yep.
0: I mean, the youth, you just look, and it's, it's every all single freshman. year. It's all one and done. Grace and, and Grace Allen. And Alan, mm-hmm. All right. And the way that this team functions is they're going to need Grace and Allen to commander the ship because if he does not, then this team's going to run into tr- some trouble. Because guess what? They don't feel the sting from that John Gillen buzzer beater. They don't feel the no. sting from that 20-rebound game from Tyler Roberson two years ago. They right. don't feel that same thing that only Grayson Allen feels. And maybe that's a selling point where, hey, this team has actually dominated me during my time at Duke. I think Syracuse is probably the only team that Grayson Allen can say that about.
1: Yeah. No, for <laughs> sure. I I mean, Syracuse has played Duke really well. Like He,
0: he wins the Natty his first year. And then from there, it's
1: such a weird career. (laughs) Sophomore year, he's averaging almost 22 points a game. He goes into his junior year. Everyone's picking him as the preseason national player of the year. And his stats, his draft stock his everything has gone on a decline from that point on. And now we see with Bagley out, he's starting to look like himself again. But it's been very bizarre. Usually you see. In your freshman or sophomore year, you struggle, and then you pick it up in your junior and senior year. It's been the complete opposite for Grayson Allen.
0: It's so weird, too, because I feel like every year of his career, except maybe his freshman year, everyone was saying, Oh, this guy's gonna leave next year,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> and they've and said that every he, year. And
0: here he is, as a senior. Yeah.
1: Now Battle's probably gonna get picked before him if Battle leaves. <laughs> yeah. so like He's probably a second round pick at this point. It's and so yeah. Couldn't imagine I, that two years ago.
0: That's the Duke Brotherhood right there, though, Tim yeah. Leonard. That's <laughs> that's case in point right there. Anyways, so here's why I think again, there's just too much youth on that team. Right. And I think they're gonna overlook Syracuse a little bit too. They're 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 not a Louisville. Type team, no, where you kind of feel like you have to get up from because they've overperformed. Syracuse, they've played close with everybody, and I feel like no one realizes that. Yeah, everybody except for that one Virginia game.
1: The thing is. And that
0: one game, you held Virginia under 60 points.
1: Right. They played well against Virginia on the road. The thing about Duke, their defense is terrible. Right. And they're playing zone for a reason. Because they have no chemistry. Because they can't play man. They're inexperienced. They aren't talking on defense. Frankly, they're giving up threes. They're giving up points inside. So that bodes well for Syracuse because, A, this Syracuse offense has been a lot better in the past two weeks. I know it's been pretty much because O'Shea Brissett has really come into his own, but we've seen them score at least 70 points in the last in four of the last five games. So it's, it's kind of hard for me to say the Syracuse offense is good, but relatively they're getting better, and they're good enough, I think, to win this game on the road now. A couple weeks ago, I don't think I would have said that because right. they weren't even scoring 60 points. But when you look at Duke, they give up so many points on defense, and in all their losses this season, it's been because they just can't guard anyone. So that— That makes me think, okay, Syracuse should hang in this game. They're going to get points, and that's usually your concern. Then on the defensive side of the ball, the 2-3 zone has usually matched up pretty well against Duke, so I can talk myself into a W just based on those two things.
0: And here's the thing, too. So when I wrote my piece, I was saying, or well, listen, if this game was at home, I would have already put a green W on it for Syracuse because... I don't think Duke would have been able to handle the pressure. All these young guys in a thirty thousand person venue. Right. I don't think they could have handled that. And it's going to get loud down at Duke. And I guess the students really don't care about this game, which no. I understand.
1: But they won't be camping out in Cheshireville.
0: Syracuse gives Duke problems. Yeah. Ever since it entered That's the a ACC, fact. and
1: all these games are always so close. So just based on history, you I think, think it's going to be another good one? Did you see that this
0: year? Or uh, this past week, it was, I think, like the four-year or five-year anniversary of the CJ Fairplay.
1: Oh, really? Wow. The, which one? The one in <laughs> the, Durham? The, the one in Durham. When the block. Bay- the Beheim loses mind. Yeah, yeah. That was a good time. Here's a
0: take for you. I'm happy the block was called because we don't have that iconic moment without it.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Beheim went crazy. That's like, if you Google Jim Boeheim that's and then that's click images, up. that's what comes up. Just him all, halfway onto the court, ripping off his jacket. Gosh, Jim that was Boeheim vintage That's the
0: first one. Yeah. Every time. It'll be every time.
1: That or him picking his nose.
0: But <laughs> That's
1: <laughs> that, a close that's second. That's another matter. Yeah.
0: Anyways. So, Syracuse and Duke doing battle at 6 o'clock tonight. Again, we'll have your your coverage for you on our Twitter account, at Orange You taking a win?
1: Uh, I'm going to say Duke wins a close one. I Duke's playing well. I don't know. The, like you said, the fact that it's at home, Syracuse just needs to start out really hot and quiet down that crowd as much as possible, or else I think it could get out of hand in the second half. But I think it will be close, and Duke will win by, I'd say, 5 or 6. Yeah,
0: I also think Duke's gonna win, and now everyone's probably up in arms. Like, didn't
1: you just say they had a better chance to win? (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: But that's yes, I did. But I also thought UNC was gonna win by a lot more. Right. And I just said they have a better chance to win. I didn't say they are gonna win.
1: Yeah. No. I think it'll be close. I think it'll it'll be close. close. And I think
0: that North Carolina game gives gives Syracuse fans a lot of hope because, okay, yes, you're on the road. Yes, you don't play a lot of guys, and that's never a recipe for success. But your big three is clicking right now. Absolutely. The 40 minutes thing is not a problem anymore. This team's ticked off. Yeah. And after that, and I I said this, I tweeted this out. That UNC game felt like the LSU game for football because you were so close against a national powerhouse, all right, with a team that had no business being in that game. Right. And you came out and kind of showed that, okay, you got a punch in you, and then now Syracuse just needs to go out and get that Clemson game type yeah, performance for football. Yeah, I was going to say, football. so you're saying this is Clemson. This is Clemson Throw right here. Throw away the moral
1: victories. Throw, Throw them out the doing it. Yep, they're gone. <laughs> no, it
0: could be. Anyways. That's that's coming up tonight at 6 o'clock. Again, you and I both think it's a loss, but we think it's going to be a close one. So. Yeah,
1: should be another good Duke-Syracuse game. Yeah. I hope this continues to produce iconic moments. Yeah. Then maybe we can call it a real rivalry yeah. someday.
0: Anyways, Syracuse and Duke going toe-to-toe in the recruiting field. We'll get to that coming up on the other side. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the Score 1260. Syracuse and Duke coming up later today. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard with you here on Fizz Radio on the Score 1260, the voice of the Central New York sports fan. But that's not the only place that these two teams are squaring off over these next couple of months because Syracuse and Duke are going to be in a pretty heated battle, I would guess. Another one. For this kid, Joe Girard. And we're seeing Kay really... He's kind of stepping on Bayheim's corner lately. Yeah, He's trying bit. to get this Northeast market. But, I mean, when, when you're the Duke brand, you can kind of do what you want. But Joe Girard. All right, let's fill you in. The kid lights it up. He's averaging 50 points a night in high school. He broke Jimmer Fredette's scoring record. Same high school as yeah, Jimmer Fredette. He's
1: Jimmer Fredette 2.0. He shoots most like him. He looks like him. It's it's an uncanny, really.
0: Most points in New York State history, this kid is unbelievable. Look at his tape. He literally is a walking bucket. Does not miss. <laughs> yep. And... He plays on a, a really good AAU team. He played for City Rocks, that that famous Albany team that also has uh, Buddy Bayheim on it. Mm-hmm. There's he, they had Jay Z's uh, nephew on it. Wow, I didn't know Nazia that. Nazia Carter, who's now at Washington.
1: Okay, I didn't so, know that. So yeah, they
0: had him too. Uh, Jonathan Williams, who was a Syracuse target, and Isaiah Stewart, who's a five star and Syracuse just, target as well. Yeah, yep. And just to show you how good Gerard is. He's a class of 2019 guys, so he'd be in that Bryson Goodine class, yep. not the not the Darius Baisley, Jalen Carey, Buddy Bayheim class. But there's only a handful of 2019 guys. The other one th- that's notable is Isaiah Stewart. They don't pull up a lot of guys unless you can really hoop. Joe Girard clearly can.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he can fill it up, as you said. And he's just got a cool story the way he's also getting looks as a football player. As yeah. a quarterback, he's gotten a couple offers. Watch from, out, Tommy DeVito. Yeah, from some small schools, but I think he's sticking to basketball, and it's it's hard for me because on one hand, he is the perfect Duke basketball player. I feel like <laughs> I feel like he <laughs> we would, talked about Grayson
0: Allen. Joe Girard can fulfill the brotherhood. Yes, he would bring back.
1: He's like Alex O'Connell, like <laughs> just the prototypical Duke guy that's just going to rain threes. His main recruiter, John Shire, yeah. comes to mind as well. But also Syracuse has a legacy of getting some good shooters. Jerry McNamara, Cooney, you know, the list goes Mm -hmm. on. Roudins, even Divendorf. So Mm -hmm. I think he would fit really well on either of these teams. And it's just funny because we're seeing Syracuse and Duke, Coach K and Beheim square off in the recruiting battle once again. We saw with Jordan Tucker. We've seen him with a couple other guys. And this one's going to be tight. I think this is the type of guy, he's not going to get a ton of looks from Any other schools outside of Duke that are on that caliber of level, I don't think. But he would be really helpful for the Syracuse team. He would bring some scoring instantaneously. I mean, it won't translate completely, but if he can shoot, you know, he's going to bring some scoring punch as a freshman. He's a guy that you could insert into a lineup as a freshman in 2019 right away, I feel.
0: And the thing with Gerard, too. Now, we got a comment on Twitter when I, I tweeted something out. And it basically said, why is K going after this guy? He's 140 spots beneath anyone else they're looking at. Right. Coach K knows talent, all right? Yep. Don't let a star fool you. Don't let how many stars are next to someone's name tell you how good they are. All right. Yeah. This kid can pour it in. I don't care where you're playing. If you're averaging 50 points a night, that is unbelievable. Yeah. Coach K knows talent, and guess what? We you brought it up, John Shire, his main recruiter. Listen. John Shire's pitch is going to be, you can be what I was yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Right? You can win a national championship. You can just reign it in. You'll be a starter. And that's going to be his message. If I can work with you, if I can reach these kids, yeah. <laughs> I will make you what I was. I and I, like- I, I, I honestly buy him because think about it this way, too. John Shire, Chicago suburban boy, just your classic kind of, of white player. All right. Yep. He goes to Duke which perfect. was perfect for yep. him boom there you go John Shire he had no business getting an an NBA look no but the Duke system bred him so well and prepared it him so perfect. well yeah. he was a freak injury away from playing for the Miami Heat with LeBron James and yeah, Dwayne Wade and true. Chris Bosch yeah. he was a freak eye injury away
1: I feel like coach K is like battling his alter ego at this point because on one one half he's transitioning to the one and done phase And then he still is like, oh, that guy is perfect for my old system. He's got the angel on one shoulder, old K and new K is the devil. And Joe Girard is on that angel shoulder, and he's (laughs) literally like, oh, my gosh, this is the perfect Duke guy. Like, this is the type of guy that will stay four years. He'll be just like a John Shire. And... He just has to go after some of those guys just to make himself go to sleep at night, just to make himself feel better. Because why do you think Alex O'Connell's on the team. Yeah, he can't completely go one direction and buy completely into the Calipari one and done method. He has to still give himself a little bit of a saving grace. So Joe Girard is that perfect guy. That's why I don't think he's going to get many looks from a caliber of team like a Duke outside of Duke. But, you know, I, I think he's the type of guy for Syracuse that would. Really fit well into their scheme right away. And I know I already said this, but the shooters that they bred, he could be the next guy in line and really fulfill that legacy.
0: He can kind of fill in what Syracuse missed with Kevin Herter when he went to Maryland. Yeah. You're listening to Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Tyler Rocky, Tim Leonard. We've got Duke and Syracuse coverage coming for you later today at six o'clock. Jonathan Hoppy is down at Cameron Indoor, so you'll get all his updates throughout the day. Now, okay. This is a little wrinkle that I want to throw in, all right? Mm-hmm. And this is kind of the Syracuse-Duke recruiting right. battle that we saw. It stems to Jordan Tucker. So when Joe Girard got the Duke offer, I quote tweeted it, said, ask Jordan Tucker how that worked out. Because, again, Jordan Tucker, not right. not he was like, what, the fifth or sixth biggest guy in his class, and he was still like a top 50 recruit.
1: Yeah, I think and he was 40 or something like that. In the yeah.
0: 40s. And Joe Girard is sitting at around 140 right now, mm-hmm. which is light years away from everyone else that they're looking at. But let's be honest. I just tweeted, ask Jordan Tucker how that worked out. And guess who liked the tweet? Jordan Tucker himself. Wow. Guess what? I didn't even tag him. He doesn't follow us. So, so uh, he this, kid, his name. this kid searches his name. All right, Even though yeah. Jordan Tucker is the most generic name of all time, he found and it. he found the tweet, not just that, but... Jordan Tucker's a generic name. How did he find it? And he's not playing, so what does he have to look Jordan Tucker up for?
1: Yeah, I think this just means in a roundabout way, I should have gone to Syracuse, right? I yeah. mean, that's what. There's a couple the ways. The Fizz you can look it team at. says yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I don't know the way he. Why would you like it? I mean, you could have seen it and not liked it, but he liked it. Maybe he just thought it was funny. He got a chuckle out of it. Maybe he wanted to like it to say like oh, I saw this, by the way, just letting you guys yeah. know. Or maybe he's just like, yeah, probably should have gone to Syracuse. I couldn't have really transferred there because I would have had to sit out an additional year just based because it's in conference. So now he's going to Butler, and you feel for him because he was such a stud in high school and would have been an integral part of this Syracuse team just based on what he could bring scoring-wise. And here he is now having to sit out next year and then go to Butler.
0: I mean, he's going to be the butt of every Syracuse recruiting joke from here yeah. on out. It is literally going to be Jordan Tucker. He'll never be able to live that down with Syracuse fans. Yeah. And it was, Duke was so last minute So in last that minute. Case. Yeah. And he's been called out by the national media. I think it was Seth Greenberg, I want to say, yep. said something like, let this be a lesson to you young kids. Just because a big program swoops in at the last second doesn't mean you have to take it. And uh, he kind of made that out as a warning. And a strange situation there. All I'm going to say, Joe Gerard, do not let K show you the pool. <laughs> <laughs> do not let K show you the pool because when you go to coach K's backyard, who knows? There's a briefcase and there's a nice nice pool. What's All in right? the briefcase? I don't know. I'll let you be the judge of that. But <laughs> Okay. Anyways, that's going to wrap up this recruiting segment because we've got Fizz Feedback on the other side. We put some polls out. We're going to see what the pulse of Orange Nation is at the moment. Stick around. It's Fizz Radio. Let's wrap it up now. Fizz Feedback here on the score. 1260, Tyler Ockey, Tim Leonard. Thanks for joining us here on Fizz Radio this Saturday morning. Got a couple Fizz Feedback questions for you, and then I also have one comment that we got from a fan on Twitter. So first... The question I put, Wednesday's loss against UNC was A, encouraging, as you can hang, or B, bad, another one got away. 56% say bad, 41% say encouraging.
1: That's tough. I mean, I could go either way on that. I'd say it's bad. I kind of agree with the public, just because we're at the point in the season where you can't really be— getting any silver linings i mean you're at crunch time now there's three regular season games left every win every play matters so much so it's hard for me to be like oh they got a moral victory and you know they'll build for the future or they'll build for later on in the season when it is later on in the season at this point
0: yeah i'm this is another toss-up because yeah you're right moral victories mean nothing at this point yeah the the committee doesn't help you out with moral victories the committee helps you out with wins on the schedule and this was a chance to pick up a marquee win and I didn't think it was going to be this close I thought UNC was going to come in and blow the doors off of Syracuse which they did for about 30 minutes yeah and then SU made it a game they kind of kept it at arm's length and you got to credit them for doing that the entire game just the fact that they were in the ball game for that long even when Joel Berry was having an unreal game. Yeah. Theo Pinson was having a great game. Luke May was having a subpar game and still making a big impact.
1: They can't afford moral victories at this point. They're now 0-5 against top 25 teams this season. And when you look at the other bubble teams that are, you know, right on that same level as Syracuse, right around the first four in, first four out, whatever you want to make of it, they all have some quality wins. So... For look Syracuse, at NC State. Yeah, NC State got, a lot got of them. four quadrant one wins as they <laughs> call them. Whatever that means. Yeah. yeah, the saber nerds. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I think if you're Syracuse, you look at what they have left. You've got Duke, BC, Clemson. I think you have to win Duke or Clemson. Yeah. Even if you not win BC, at right? This point. Because right. you can't get in the tournament without beating a top twenty five team. Right. And unless you get one in the ACC tournament, which could be. You know, their first game could be against Pitt at this point. They're ranked 10th right now and wouldn't get a bye as it stands right now. So you've got to pick off a top 25 win, and that's why that loss against UNC hurts so much, because that was a golden chance. Yeah. Next
0: question I put out there. Syracuse's team MVP is Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett, and that's exactly how the order went. Tyus way out in front, 72%, Frank Howard 15%, O'Shea Brissett 13 Listen, MVP and best player is a different conversation. It and is, yeah. MVP, Ty, Tyus Battle's the best player on this team. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Absolutely. O'Shea sets the MVP because he has been Mr. Consistency. The Knights when Battle isn't playing to his potential. O'Shea's given it on both ends. The thing about Battle and Howard is that if they're not having it offensively, there's not a lot of other ways that they can really make up for it. But Brissette does it on defense. He does it in the rebounding department. I guess you could say Frank Howard does it distributing, but he usually when he's having an off day, it's because he's turning the ball over, too. So that's why I'm giving my MVP to O'Shea Brissette.
1: I'm still going to give it to battle. I get your argument because he's more than just a scoring threat, but... I don't know. There's just no way this team beats a Duke like they play today or a Clemson later on or beats a top 25 or a marquee win without battle scoring 15 plus or 20 plus points. I but feel there's like. no
0: way they beat them if Brissett is under 10. I, it's tough because it works both ways. Right. Brissett has been Mr. Double Digits pretty much every game and, and Battle has too. He's been so consistent. But for him, to, again, we had this conversation at the beginning of the year. Who was gonna be the freshman that stepped up? Would there be a freshman that stepped up? Who was gonna be this third option? Mm-hmm. We thought there was gonna be nobody or yet, Gino offensively. Thorpe. Yeah. <laughs> but no, O'Shea Brissett has come in and absolutely dominated and he's gonna get, dare I say with Bagley sitting out. Is O'Shea Brissett going to get some ACC Rookie of the Year votes?
1: Yeah. I, I think he should be. He's, he should. He's in the conversation for all ACC rookie teams And listen, right if now.
0: Syracuse had maybe two more wins in conference, I think we're really talking about it then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I mean... The consistency is there for both of them. I just think Tyus Battle needs to score 20-plus in order for them to win against a team like Duke. So I'm leaning Battle, but I think it's closer than most people would project.
0: I think Brissett's definitely ahead of Frank Howard. Yeah. I yeah. don't even think that's close. I think I mean, you can make Brissette. the
1: argument Frank needs to take care of the ball, and if he's not taking care of the ball and turning over a lot, that's really costly, but he's been doing better at that. that I, I think it's Battle, but it's close. That's
0: more of a stay the course, don't try to do too much, right. as opposed to you're the MVP— that's going to wrap it up here for us on Fizz Radio. That's Tim Leonard. I'm Tyler Rocky. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Saturday morning. Syracuse Duke coming up later today. Jonathan Hoppe has the coverage down in Durham at Orange Fizz. Follow us. Have a great day and enjoy the game.